Well, hello, and welcome to the Through the Word podcast, as pastors Chris Mitchell and John Bell seek to answer questions that come from the reading of God's Word, beginning in Genesis all the way through to Revelation. Thank you for joining us. Well, hello, I'm Pastor John Bell. And I'm Pastor Chris Mitchell. And this is the Through the Word podcast, where we seek to answer questions from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. And Pastor Chris, you could say that this question, God, he saw it coming. Yes, you could. <laughs> that would be a very truthful statement. Yes, it would be, because we do worship a sovereign God. But mm-hmm. we have a big question, as my uh, friend, Dr. Joey Allen in Midwestern Seminary likes to put it, there's big thoughts for little thinkers. And so that's, <laughs> that's right. That's what we have this what week, I am, are some big thoughts for some little thinkers. Oh. And so our question this week is from the book of Romans. If you're ready to get into it, you ready? Yes. All right. So our question says, Romans 8, 29 says, those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to his, to the image of his son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. And then in 9, 13, it says, as it is written, Jacob, I loved Esau, I hated And so we we even see in that same passage, God demonstrated his sovereign election in them before either had done right or wrong. Mm -hmm. They were chosen in, you know, the mother's womb that the the older will serve the younger. And so our question is then, how do verses like this work with Romans 10? I mean, why does God ask us to preach the good news if he's already decided? Well, I think if you have been keeping up with our podcast over the past couple of weeks, or really for the for a good part of the year, it seems like we're on a roll with the difficult passages category. Yes. <laughs> because this is certainly one of those difficult passages. Absolutely. And so let's start with the short answer. And okay. that short answer is we do it because God commanded it. He did. Right. Um, this isn't trying to escape the question, but we could stop right here. And let it be settled. Okay. In Matthew 28, 18 through 20, Jesus commands his people to go into all the world and preach the gospel, making disciples of every nation. And so as sovereign king of creation, God has all authority to command our obedience. Right. And therefore, what he orders us to do, we must do regardless of whether we completely understand it. Um, but I want us to go a little deeper, and Please, so yeah. I turn to uh, the scholars at Ligonier here for this. Obviously, okay. lots of other places we could go sure. uh, to dig this out, but I appreciated kind of their concise way of talking about this. Um, as, as I was studying, it says the doctrine of, or they say, sure. the doctrine of predestination means that the Lord does not ordain the end, okay. speaking of salvation, without also ordaining the means to that end. Right. In other words, the way in which people will receive the salvation All right. that he's spoken of, um, that he's predestined us to. Yes. Uh, God's plan is comprehensive. <laughs> so he works out all things according to the counsel of his will. Ephesians 1.11 says that. Right. And that counsel of his will has determined that he will use his people to reach the lost and call them into his kingdom. Now, he's decided that in the ordinary course of events. Right. People will be saved through the explanation of the gospel on the part of Christians. And so God sends his gospel to the world through the church and its preachers, teachers, and evangelists. So what a privilege 
to be used of the Lord in redeeming people for all eternity. Absolutely. And that's just an amazing thing that God's allowing us as teachers and preachers here uh, to, to, to be used for his kingdom like that. Yes. But you take that information and a similar question sort of comes out of that. And it says, well, what about those sinners that God has not chosen for life? Well, what about them? Uh, there's a term, reprobation, Okay, is the name given to God's eternal decision regarding those sinners whom he has not chosen for life. Okay. In not choosing them for life, God has determined not to change them. So they'll continue in sin, will finally be judged for what they have done. In some cases, God may further remove the restraining influences that keep a person from extremes of disobedience. Handing them over. Right. Yes. yes. We often see it sometimes about the hardening of the heart. Okay. We know Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Uh, that itself is a penalty for sin. Yes. So God's decree of election is secret. Which right. Which persons are elect and which are reprobate. And that's not going to be revealed before the judgment. And so until that time, God's command is that the call to repent and believe be preached to everyone. Absolutely. Now, I, don't un I don't pretend to understand this mystery, but I know that God's divine choice is an expression of his free and sovereign grace. Yes. Not on the basis of any kind of works by those who were chosen. God owes sinners no mercy of any kind. Right. We only condemnation. No, that's all we deserve. Right. Yes. So it's a wonder that he should choose to save any of us. Absolutely. And so it's to be a pointer for us how great is the grace that saves us and moves us to respond with humility, confidence, and praise. I'm into that. Yet, you know, I've wrestled with this and similar questions a great deal. I mean, even while deciding to go to seminary mm -hmm. and how to respond to people when they're asking, why, why go be a missionary? Sure. You know, and, and so I, I tend to... And leave, there are those yeah, who would say that. Yeah. You know, like, well... Why do we need to do that? Because sure. these verses speak of God already sort of planning that out. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's something I've wrestled with a lot. And so sure. I tend to lead towards it. There's an understanding of Moise Amrant or, or Moise Amrant and Luis Molina. And so these are guys who were contemporaries to John Calvin and Martin mm -hmm. Luther. But they did have some disagreements on some second level issues. And, and here's the thing. I'm going to openly admit I don't fully understand. Right. I'm going to say that. And I may very well change my mind. Sure. I, it might happen in my lifetime. But here's the thing. I will never change my mind on trusting what God's Word says. That's right. Absolutely. And so the, the main place I fall, and, and I'm not a big fan of when people say, are you Calvinist? Are you Armenian? Right. Are you a Molinist? I, because I, none of those categories are in the Word. No, they are not. <laughs> right. And even what we're reading this week, as you read through 1 Corinthians, Paul's like, stop saying you follow Apollo. Stop saying, right. you know, it's, that is not the way we should act as Christians. So exactly. I, don't, I don't like that. And so I just want to be consistent with the Bible. Mm -hmm. and so we find John 3, 16, John 6, 37 through 47. Paul's writings, 1 Timothy 2, 4 through 6 and 4 and 10. And then Peter's writings in 2 Peter 2, 1. And then John again in John 1, or 1 John 2, 1 through 2 and 4, 9 and 10. So there we see that Jesus' atonement is for those who would respond. You know, mm -hmm. he desires for all to respond, and his atonement is open to anyone who would respond. But at the same time that we have other passages that, you know, we have just like we have in Romans 8 and 9 or Ephesians 1 that will show that God's sovereign hand is at work That's in right. who he's chosen. So 
Share the gospel? Yes. Yes. Because Christ has commanded, and he will save those who will respond. He always, and he desires them to respond. That's right. So share the gospel and trust Jesus to save them, because he said he would. That's right. And he will not withhold salvation from anyone who believes. And he's the one who saves those who believe. It's not us. Right. It's not anyone else that we, no one can boast. That's and right. so, it, you know, when I think about this, the, the predestination election, it, how beautiful is it that when we capture that before the foundation of the world, Jesus said, make them, Daddy. I'll die for them. Yeah, I thought that was a beautiful uh, comment when, when you gave me this to look over. I, just thinking through that, that... Before that foundation, you know, knowing what was going to come, right. seeing seeing it all the way through to glorification. Yes, I mean, you just grasp that for a moment, right? Like from the beginning, before the foundation of time, he's already seeing through to the glorification, knowing what that would cost the son. Yes, and he says, "Yeah, I'll do that. I'll yeah, do it." Beautiful. I appreciated you putting that in there. And and you know, I, I like how our president of our seminary, Dr. Danny Aiken, put it. Um, you know, he he references the end of this, you know, how Paul's going through and he makes these different arguments. So at the end of kind of this argument in Romans 11, Paul brings these points to a close and and I'll just read that starting in verse 33. He says, Oh, the depth of the riches and the wisdom of knowledge Mm. of God, how unsearchable are his judgments and inscrutable his ways. Mm. I mean, so, and so Dr. Aiken says, if you find it a challenge to fathom the depths of this doctrine, you're in good company. Because you're in right. company with Paul who just wrote it. <laughs> right. Yes. That's a, but thank you, guys. There's going to be some more of the writings of Paul coming up mm-hmm. over the next couple of weeks. So if you have any questions for us, please send those in to through the word 22 at gmail.com. God bless you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Through the Word podcast. If you have any questions for us, please send those in to throughtheword22 at gmail.com. That's throughtheword and the number 22 at gmail.com. God bless you. Have a great day.